You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, welcome to another edition of uh, Judd's Hockey Podcast. Uh, Danny Cunningham, we'll have you on. Just go sit in the green room and we'll have you on. We'll go. We'll have you on eventually. Just go wait. Our producers will come get you. We got like a team of them. <laughs> okay, thank God he's gone. Uh, it's, Healthy scratch. Yes, exactly. So the, that's the voice of Declan Goff, LB Zolgad here. Let's start with this one, which I think, Linz, you uh, tweeted about. We're taping this on Monday. Uh, but just briefly, the Philadelphia Flyers, a very interesting move. So Chuck Fletcher hires Elaine Vigneault, what now, three weeks ago or so? Yeah, something like that. To be his head coach. Okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. Normal. You know, guy's been around a long time, but that's fine. But then today we get word. That uh, Fletch has hired Mike Yo as an assistant. Okay, you know. All right. Okay. All right, that's fine. okay. And Michelle Therion, another former. What's going on in Philadelphia? Can you have that many cooks in a kitchen? I don't think so. I, th- we we have this conversation a lot when uh, when we talk about the Minnesota Vikings here because we've had a few head coaches work under the current head coach Mike Zimmer, but. Football, you have so many guys and, and just so many different responsibilities, whereas hockey, it's a much more tight-knit culture. And I just don't I don't know how you can get all of these personalities to get on the same page and check the egos at the door. I really don't. Well, Mike Yo is, I think, fine with not creating a yes. toxic culture. So Yo, I'm not really worried about. I don't Therian think it's too am. much of an issue. Well, it's just a weird... It is, it's a weird it's conundrum. It's just like... Mike is a good guy, I get yes. that, but mm-hmm. he's now had a lot of head coaching experience. Darion's had a ton of head coaching experience. Right. Vigneault, it just seems to me like the chemistry, it's not so much that one guy for sure is going to try and Bigfoot the thing. It's how do you come up with roles when right. everyone's basically, well, in my day, we did it this way. Yeah. No, we did it this way. No, we're going to do it this way. Where are way. the lines drawn exactly? Fletcher, I would just think who? that Chuck would be smarter than that. Well, and what's weird is, is is this Chuck overcompensating now? Because he hired, if I'm not mistaken, Richards and then Yo for the Wild mm-hmm. when both those guys had no previous National Hockey League head coaching experience. Right. So now it's like he's going in the opposite direction of being like, I'll just add all head coaches and somebody will be good. I, it's weird. I mean, he's kind of, like you said, he's loading up. So in case they do have to fire Vigneault, which right. will eventually it's happen. Philly. and It's Philly and it's Vigneault, and he usually is about a five-year shelf life, so you might as well cut that in half because it is Philly. Um, then you have two people waiting in the winds who have already been involved with the organization. So maybe this is a fallback plan uh, for him. I was just surprised that you just – those three casts of care, it just seems like such a weird mixed bag of, of experience and and of just overall how, how each of them see the game. They play different styles. They've had so many different storylines between the three of those coaches. I just – Chuck being Chuck, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely just a, an insurance policy for when someone gets fired, which is inevitable in well, Philadelphia. Yes. Actually, that might be Chuck. And it might be. Rate. It might be right. Fletcher. Yeah, it really could be. If, if, say, okay, so Vigneault gets fired. Who's yeah. the one that ascends? Who takes the throne? I would guess. I would guess Yosey. 
Probably really? because of the familiarity. Yeah. Mm, I suppose. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's the other thing, too. Are they clear on that? Like, who's next man up? Who's who's right-hand man guy? Who's poor, left-hand Poor man passive guy? Mike Yo trying to wrangle in the media in Philly and wrangle in those fans. So what's Yo's oh, job he's here? He's going to be a power punching play? bag. Is he power play guy? I bet, you he he's pl- I bet he's player's guy. I bet you he's pumped the tires for the player's guy. Okay. Because he's the he's the youngest of the three. Michel Therrien is not the nicest human being of all time, at least as a coach. So I, you're not a fan? I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. I'm just saying he's interesting. Okay. And uh, he was in Montreal for a very long time uh, before he was fired a couple years back now where Claude Julien is coaching. Um, but I just – I don't know how this works in a lot – especially with that that team that has lost so many pieces of its identity. They're going to have a ton of young kids. They have a really, really good young goaltender in, in Carter Hart that's coming up that's kind of seen as the next goalie coming up. And – I just I don't know how you do that with personalities because players are going to gravitate towards one coach. And what if that's not Vigneault or what if it's not? There's going to be a very high chance for mutiny. I really do think that. It could be great fun, though. It could be fun. fun. From from afar, I'm going to very much enjoy it. The jersey deserves the chaos because they're awful. (laughs) All right. Last week's assignment. Yes. Was was we ended Judd's Hockey Podcast a week ago. By I brought up the names of Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi and said, if the Wild, and this is, I don't think this is going to happen, but I do think there, there would be a chance that Paul Fenton would love to trade one of these two. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's highly probable, it's not. But my question to both you guys was, if you could trade one with their contract and their agreement then to waive the no trade clause, which one would you trade and where and what would you expect the deal to be? Because this is where it gets dicey because they're dealing in contracts that are no longer allowed in this league, which was the 13-year pair of $98 right. million deals. Yeah. Linz, we'll start with you. If well, you could trade one of them, which one would you approach to trade and where would you try and deal them? Well, I hate to answer your question with another question, but I guess is no, which fine. one do you want to trade? And then my other question is, which one do you think is more tradable? You know what? You answer the question. Okay. That's very, that's very, very fair. Right. And that's, and that's where you get into this because you're dealing, you're not dealing with two forwards. You're not dealing with two defensemen because they're not the same in this league anymore. Obviously they carry more forwards than they do defensemen on teams just because that's the way the game is played. And especially with these last couple years, the way way it has gone, there's a high premium on a top four defenseman. So you would think that Ryan Suter is technically the more tradable of the two, but I think if you even mentioned maybe ha- him waving the clause, it's no dice. He's so entrenched here. I think Parisi's the one that would be willing to wave his clause more likely of the two. I'd agree with that. But that's where you run into the issue is that he has the injury history. He has the age and obviously the contract. And you have to really have these meeting of all these different factors when you're making trades. I would assume we would either do this in the offseason or at the deadline and not anywhere in between. And that there's so much dependent if they were to wait and try to trade him late season, which is technically when it's probably easiest to ask him to waive it. So there's so many different factors that are going into it. But I think Zach's probably the more tradable and one that could actually come to fruition. I just don't know if you would get be able to really – the contract's insane. I don't know. I know. Well, the contract's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah. It's definitely – I feel like it's more likely that Parise would, would waive it more than Suter. Mm-hmm. But this is a hypothetical world, and I'm such a great GM that I I think I'm going to be able to convince Ryan Suter to move it, and he's the one that I would want to move off this team. I think both of them. Zach's a decent leader, I, not the leader he maybe should be, but Ryan is a guy that I just 
his play is great. Everyone knows his play is great, and even though he had a had a down year rehabbing his injury, I don't want his philosophy with uh, his philosophy on this roster long term. We talk about contagious habits that young players can pick up, and I would want him off my roster before Zach. So I would do anything in my power to say, listen, dude, is there any way that we can waive this mo- no movement clause? And where do you want to go? Not even just not even just can you waive it and now it's available to all thirty teams. Where would you like He's to go say play? Here, that, that's the problem. Right. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's not it's it's a difficult t- conversation. But I would want to get Suter off my books. I I'm I'm fine with keeping Zach. I I think Zach can still keep keep up his play long term. Not and, not 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 sixty point seventy and, point. And guy, you can take but, Zach and bury him in the third fourth line as he progresses through his career more. And yeah. the, and there and UC Fords are more okay with this as they go through. Can right. you imagine saying to Suter at any point in time during his career being like? We're going to put you on third pair. No, I can't. I, <laughs> and the, and, <laughs> like, and the problem can you imagine? With, with that is I think Ryan would go to Leopold and say, yeah. this ain't happening. Like, I don't know what mm. the, I don't know what, what the uh, Zach Leopold dynamic is, but you know, we know for a fact that Ryan basically Far less can defined go than to Ryan's. Craig at mm-hmm. any point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think trading, I think trading Suter would be impossible. It's uh, hard. Because it's of him hard. and because of the dynamics there. I think trading Zach would be really, really difficult to do, but I do. I could see going to Zach because the conversation would start like this with both of them. We're not going to be good for a while. Like, we're do you just want? Not do gonna, you want a last shot yeah, at the cup? Exactly. You, you, neither of them have. You're us. not. I would tell them. The point, yeah. I would tell both of them if I was trying to appeal to them to waive their no trade clauses. You have no shot here. Like yeah. we, like you can play, um, but you have, but your cup window has closed. Here. So yes, here. Mm-hmm. So yes. So I think the conversation, and I, I, my guess is that Zach would be more open to saying he would. I want the chance. Right. I think I don't know what Ryan would say, but I think he would say I'm not leaving. Yeah. If we if we were I to boil it down, Suter, they have the asset, but or they have the market, but not the asset. And for Zach, they have the asset, but not the market, because there's just there are going to be other forwards that are younger, faster, more healthy, better contracts that are going to come up. During during the draft, during the off season, during the trade deadline, there are gonna be much better options. That you're, it, it's the, it's not worth the contract. That's the problem. And I tried the contract's to outlawed now. Right. That's what, yeah. that's why we had the CBA yes. re- amended in 2013. Exactly. And and that's the thing. And it's for them to buy them out just straight up. If you're just to do it lump sum, it's 24 million dollars, and that would be paid out by you know the remain the, double the, the remainder of the right two thirds of the remaining contract. Yeah. And oh. while that would be paid out across the four, 14 years, the mm. actual amount, cap hits stay. So I, I was looking at some of this stuff and where you could buy him out this year and two, three years from now, you would still be taking a cap hit of like yeah. $8 million. Yeah, you can't do that. It, you, and you can't do that. And that's the problem that you run into with the NHL, unlike the NBA and other, other sports where in the last 15 years, they've almost doubled their cap. But in the last five or six, it's basically been flat or incrementally going. Yeah, and, just, and if it was growing steadily, we wouldn't be in this position. Well, and if that, if you, if you could go back now to July fourth was it two thousand twelve, right? Yes. Yep. If you could go back to that date and sh- and tell Leopold and Fletcher 
I got bad news for you. The cap ain't going up for right. a long time. They don't sign those contracts. Right. And nobody like that, knew this. No, right. no. And that, and the reason why I've always defended those contracts and the excitement that we all felt was we're like, oh, the cap's going to go up. Because of course it, had, it, it was going up. It, it was does. Go, it was trending upwards. Right. And so if you now would go back and say it's not going to go up, nobody, not the fan base, well, Mm-mm. well, the smart fans, <laughs> not the smart fans, uh, Fletcher, Leopold, nobody would say sign those contracts. Those right. contracts are anchors. Now, I do think, if I'm not mistaken, the cap is going to incrementally increase a bit from 2017 or 1819 to 2019 20, correct? Mm-hmm. It because it, it was basically flat. It was basically flat, and it was just going up by one or two million like, in the last few years, but now it's starting to jump a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, I think it goes from 78 to like 83. Okay. So, like a 5%. So, the wild actually increase. is going to have some room here. Yeah. Yes. But it's just that if you could offload one of those contracts, oh. it would be an enormous Or even help. half of the contract, because now yeah. under the new collective bargaining agreement that they signed in 2013, you basically, the acquiring team has to assume at least 50% of the remaining salary and the cap charge. So you have to, like, you have to be able to move at least 50% and find a team that will take that chunk. Uh, and that's the, that's the thing it, it's your, that's going to be the selling point. It's not about asking because I, like, like we said, I think Preezy says yes, because I really think that he wants to bolster his legacy with a cup um, and I would love to see it for him to be totally honest. Yep, I agreed. would love to see it for him, but you, we've seen teams like Arizona a couple of years back when Pavel Datsuk retired from the Detroit Red Wings, the Red Wings traded the contract to Arizona because Pavel decided to go back home to Russia, and now I guess he's coming back to the NHL because that makes total sense. Yes, apparently. Hmm. Read it up. Um, but some teams have to Breaking meet judgments. meet that basement of the salary cap, and so. But the problem is, is that there's not that many teams around that are in that position where they are so bad that are willing to take on that and willing to basically eat their own cap. For that length of time, it's not about the money; it's right. about and, for the length and then of the Zach's contract. Got no chance, though. right? And like that, they, well, in Arizona, he could. Well, right, but right, the right diciest, now. but but the diciest thing about this conversation would be finding a taker for him where he would feel that because he's not going to take that. He, he's going to say, "Trade me to a place where I feel that I can win a cup if they'll take my contract." And a lot of teams would be like, "We're not taking that contract," right? Because yeah, the Coyotes might be a perfect example, but he's probably probably going to say, "Well, they're an okay team, but they're not great." Because to convince his family that he's going to leave here, that that's mm-hmm. where this gets so Absolutely. so layered, right? Right, right. There's so much other stuff outside of as much as we all like to say they just want to go win a cup. So much more goes into this, these decisions, Zach, and and they just had a, they just had another child. I know that he has twins. Ryan Suter has a few kids. They're all entrenched in the hockey community here. So it's a much bigger deal than just being like I'm going to go chase a cup for a couple months and maybe come out and and go from there. But I don't know. It's just it's so tough. Because those deals that they signed, they look awful now. But the problem is with teams that are that are in position to compete for a cup, which is pretty much the entire Central Division except for the Minnesota Wild, if you have been watching the playoffs, um, that they it's they have superstars already. They already have players that have signed deals since the new CBA, where it's a shorter length with more money. So technically, some of the cap is going to be eaten up more now than it would have been beforehand so you're not you have a, such a limited list of suitors pun intended oh that was good there you go um, that actually worked out perfect that was good right and 
it gets even smaller and smaller because those cup contenders already have money tied up in big time yeah. games where they're making like Connor McDavid makes like twelve and a half million dollars a year. Yes. That's insane. And, and he deserves it. And and there's a crop of really good young exactly. players who are now coming up for extensions. Just like Toronto. Toronto's. And other teams have those yep. guys, and unfortunately right now the wild really does not. No. So the hypo- like they've got some nice yeah. young players, but they're not not to the not level loaded not, with none. those guys. No. So here's the hypothetical game that's fun, right? <laughs> so I'm looking at a team right now that has a lot of good a lot of cap space just for next year. Even that's right. that has a good window right now and that can still win a cup. I bet you, I know. I Colorado, Colorado I has 54 that. million only committed to their cap space next year. So if the cap's going up to 83, they'll have about 30 million. What's McKinnon on contract in space? McKinnon mm. is under books for 6.3 until 2023. Landis Gog's on what the books steal. for 5.5 for the next two seasons after that. Really? Here's the thing, though. Eric Johnson is making $6 million for the next four seasons. Yep. And he has a limited no-movement clause. Where is he from? Minnesota. What? That you? might be... They might because you're, if you're going to trade Suter, you're going to have to also inherit probably a poor contract because that's right. you're, you're, you're not going to get. I love, what, be I love what you're magically, yep. Yep. and we can go down this because I got a list right. too. But let's explore. Let's explore but this good, if you could get rid of Suter for Eric Johnson and I don't know, Colorado has two first round picks, right? Fifth overall. Could you get or at least their second first round pick? Yep. For which Eric will be a, Johnson which will be a late Suter? rounder. But and so and you have to go to both players because Johnson's is a limited mo- no movement clause. Well, he'll take easy, it. And, easy sell and for I think him. He'll, yeah, he'll he'd say I, I'd take it in a heartbeat. But then with Eric Johnson, you're still on the books with them for six million for four more seasons. And is Eric Johnson worth six million dollars for those four more? So twenty four million dollars. He's younger, and he's a different. He's young. He's not Suter's age. He's right. he's, he's he's maybe 31. thirty. Yeah, thirty one. And he's one example, and the only reason why I didn't have him on this list of some of the players that I kind of gathered that have similar contracts, ages, lengths, all that other stuff, is that the likelihood of them trading inner division is very unlikely, especially with Colorado. Um, and the way that they're trending upwards as well, they don't want to saddle down any any more money. Than, they just had like two or three players just jump on their team right now that just got done with college seasons. So they, they're, they're, Joe is running the organization the right way down in Denver. Yes. But to add to that, uh, add to the Eric Johnson, a couple other names that I've thought of here. Kevin Shattenkirk, New York Rangers. They're looking to move him big time. They have huge regrets about signing him. Man. Was it two seasons ago yeah, now? He's been just a boss. What a weird bit he was. He was, he was so good in St. Louis. Right. And he was the biggest free agent. Yeah. Er, er, and they traded him at the trade deadline to Washington. And then he, he signs in free agency with New York. And he's making six, a little over $6.5 million, And he's signed through 2021. New York might be willing to take on a Parisier suitor contract because they're in that rebuild mode right now. But it's a lot of young players a lot of undefined roles, and maybe they want to bring in some experience. Maybe they want to bring in some grit. That's more of a Parisi, a Parisi trade for me for that one. Uh, Shea Weber from Montreal. That's still going on. That contract is very similar, 7.85 through 2026. Ugh. Wow. Remember that? Remember that, that, that? Was he the last offer sheet that yeah, was extended? Yeah, Philadelphia. For, mm-hmm. the, and then Nashville matched it. Ridiculous. Nashville matched it. Match it. <laughs> and then – Yeah, he tried to leave. <laughs> brutal. My team, yep. the Los Angeles Kings, are shopping Jonathan Quick hard yep. right now. This is my move. This is my pet because selfishly, I want Jonathan Quick here. 
but I also don't want him here because it would be ruined. He will be ruined here. But he's making five, almost $6 million. He's signed through 2023, and the Campbell character is back. is only making, I think, half a mil, a little over half a mil league minimum. Yeah. And L.A. is in fire sale mode right now. They should be, yeah. And they have – they are probably the roster that is most similarly constructed to the Wild in terms of just S-show type of construct. They have Carter. They have uh, Dowdy. They have Kovalchuk. All these guys are making at least $6 million. They're going to have – Kovalchuk makes a ton, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. what I mean. They're going to have to move at least one of these guys. And if they identify a team that's desperate like the Los Angeles Kings where – they have so they have a few good players, but a lot of aging out contracts. You can go where we'll take on a crappy contract, but at least it's just a switch. At least it's a change of personnel. But would they do that? The Kings? Yeah. I think Rob Blake might might consider it because I think if he doesn't get things done this year, he's gonna be fired. I think he's I think he's in a desperate position right now. But John and the quick coming here makes no sense. Really, right? Because you've got du- you're got that's Dubnik the thing. here, so you can't play. Dubnik's both. contract is super team friendly. It's actually, I think, it's nineteenth out of all of the uh, all of the league's goaltenders, right. and and so you have teams that are trying to build, like in Edmonton, yes, like like other teams that have top talent that have big time dollars committed to forward to forwards that they don't have as much workability to go get a goaltender or to retain a goaltender that's that's hot. Like what happened with Tampa Bay, Ben Bishop was dealt because they could not re-sign him. Right. And now he's kicking butt in Dallas, obviously. Unless he's hurt. Similar type of thought process here. Move Dubnik. You can actually get something for him. He's, yeah, you he's still young him, enough. You could get something for him. Yep. Oh, okay. And take contract. on. Yes. And that, so you're taking on the – so you're trying to get rid of, let's say, the Prezi contract? Sure. To L.A. and you're taking on quick, but it, it – Hurts you, but it's short-term hurt comparatively. Is Correct. That right? At least you get one of those contracts off be, the books. That's not because they're matching suitor and but would L, But wouldn't images. LA just be uh, increasing its problems? If they yes, but this is also a team that stripped Dustin Brown of the C and when after they won two cups See, with Parisi, him, and then it's gone completely to hell since. And there's no way Prezi though is going to waive that no trade to go to Los Angeles. Like he might wa- waive it to go to the Abs. The Abs would give him a chance to win a cup, maybe. Right, but we can turn things can turn around relatively quickly, and they do have they pieces can? on that. I think so. I, I don't for see certain that here. teams, for certain teams, they can. I don't see that in Minnesota. The state yeah, of hockey. Well, that's that's why that's why we're trying to finagle it. Other teams have to have have the ability to turn around things quickly, and they have Drew Doughty down there, who's still who I think has just turned thirty. They have a, they have some good young forwards. They have some aging ones as well, but that's why the, the urgency is there for LA. Okay, that's that's I think that's a, a good option, but. Clearly, I like you're not work. a fan. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I'm just trying to figure out like where you would actually give a guy a chance, like Prezi, to win a cup, uh, get a team to take on that contract, and potentially take back a bad contract. But the hurt wouldn't be as long term. It's very convoluted. It's very difficult. Right. Yep. I just think the Fenton's probably going to explore it. Yeah. Or I think he has to. Explore you have to it. ask. You but have I think, to. But Linz, I think you're right. I think with Suter, it's just a complete. I don't even know if they would approach him. I think it's Zach hard. is the guy that yeah, they probably right. just approach. And that's the thing. And so, and and we're going to we might have to do some work where we move other players before we can move them because sometimes you have to get worse yeah. about you have to clear so up just space. Eric Stahl yeah. with a 3 year extension. Yeah, well, that's fine. Everything's fine here. Right, Declan? It's totally fine. He'll be rejuvenated. It'll be fine. Which one, Zach or Ryan? I was talking about Stahl. Stahl. Oh, that, Stahl. oh yeah, cuz we're not uh, going to read them. that story in training camp next nope. year, are oh we? My no. God. I had a tough year, but now I'm back to being the 42 goal scorer I was 2 years ago. I'm exactly. Yeah. Last year was tough because my name came up in in 
rumors by because that never happens to a professional hockey player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oilers are about to name, unless they've done this already, but Holland. I don't think they, they have. I think they announced okay. it. Ken Holland is going to become. So Ken Holland was the GM for years and years and years in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Iserman, not surprisingly, um, stepped down as the Tampa Bay GM, I believe. Yep. Uh, the worst kept season Last offseason. Yep. And we all knew, and I think he was a consultant for the Lightning, and we all knew that he was going to become Detroit. Detroit's mm-hmm. GM. And then Holland kicked himself upstairs to president, which he clearly didn't really want to do. And so now, so here's what I don't get, though. The Oilers, to me, have a really some great young players. We all talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, and they are the team in the West that I desperately want to be in the playoffs. Yep. I, I, the Connor McDavid honestly, factor is the wild, The mm-hmm. wild, go fix your stuff. Mm-hmm. But McDavid, I want you. I mm-hmm. want to watch you. I want you and McKinnon. I really do. Mm-hmm. So can you guys help me out with... I know that Holland's a recognizable name and has been around for a long time, but aren't the Oilers the exact type of team that needs a young, yes. with it analytics? As much as I hate oh, to say this, you're 100 percent right. But I mean, they just had Peter Chiarelli, who was an old school retread guy, and now you're getting a guy who's been around this. What are you doing? This really, I don't get it. Especially with what what contracts have been signed up there in the last few years, where they bring in a, a, a Lucic for six million dollars a year, who I think hasn't scored since <laughs> like nineteen seventy four at this point. Is that you need guys that are going to be able to finagle what the what the cap situation is? Because I, I think Drysaddle isn't re-signed yet, right? That that or is he signed? I no, forget. I don't think he is. I think the right because the McDavid contract was done a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. A year and a half ago or so? No, I don't think. I can look it up right now, but I don't think Leon Dreisaitl is re-signed. And that's a huge, this is just huge a thing for them because otherwise it's just McDavid. And he has clearly voiced his discontent with the franchise yes. and did so right at the team, uh, the season-ending meetings. And that's not great. You do not. He's He's the future of the league. He's the face of the He's the next Sidney Crosby. So you need to keep him happy. So Dreisaitl. Nine million dollars base salary here. Oh no, he did resign. So, and then you have R and H at six, six mil. I want okay, him so then bad. I, I oversold Lucic, but Lucic has a no movement clause, but he's still making three and a half. Uh, he's absolutely. And, but his cap hit team. is six million here, so I was right. So yeah, you have twelve, twelve and a half million dollar cap hit, eight and a half million dollars, six, six, five, and they just have a bunch of guys that are sitting around that four, five range that are decent, but they shouldn't all be making that amount of money. And that's right. where you need, like you said, Judd, a person who's analytical, a person that can start literally just shaving it down because you can't cut large portions anymore of, the, of these rosters. You have to just figure out little ways to make your team tweaks. Tweaks. Too bad we kicked out Danny Cunningham because it kind of reminds me of the Timberwolves right now, where this organization. Oh no, it's not too bad. Is very far behind, and as the Timberwolves are so far behind, and is stuck in the Stone Ages, and now they bring in. Yeah, they got their cat. They have their superstar, and they have these bad contracts, and they have to try to mesh this thing to keep their superstar happy. And yeah, it kind of reminds me of that in a lot in a lot of respects. But is Ken is a guy like Ken Holland going to have the ideas that you also need, or? I don't know how's it been at in Detroit point. these last few years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that there, and I think that th- that there's a good chance that Detroit at some point in time here, in the future, is going to turn a corner again. Yes. But I would just want, like, if I'm building around McDavid, which is just fantastic, and I've been, I mean, that franchise has been a dumpster fire. L- look at all the top picks, and they've still screwed yeah. them up in the Taylor Hall trade, which is just awful. Uh, yeah. And to go and to another veteran them, yeah. GM, I yeah. just don't get that. So, and yeah, Drysidel, just to be clear, uh, signed a six-year, sixty-eight million-dollar contract that looks like it kicked in with the 
2018-19 season. Eight and a half million dollar cap hit okay. for him. And he's a fantastic he player. He is. And, and, and he, he and Connor are me. basically married as players. They're, they're going to be a package deal. And, and you like I said, you need to keep Connor McDavid happy because it's just that it's not a good look for the league. And that team has to be in the playoffs. Has to. Like, I look at the Wild, I'm like, whatever. You know, if, if you're a fan, you're like, whatever. It's, you know, okay, they're in, they're not. They're... But the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid have to be on your yes. television. Yeah. They do. They with do. All, with all due respect to the Blues, like, that's, I, that's why I just, they're, they're, they're playing very well right now, but they're, they're not, they're not as sexy insult. as the Oilers. No, they're not you. sexy. No. How dare you? They're not. They're but Ryan O'Reilly's a hell of a player. I, they're they're great. Ben better than whatever. Yeah. What is it? Is it Cam? No, they don't even have Cam Talbot anymore. Who was their goalie at the end of the year? They traded for someone. Who is that? The Blues? No, the, the Oilers. Oh, no, it's Koskinen. They, yeah. they, no, they, um, yes, they traded Cam Talbot to Philadelphia for mm-hmm. their young goal to, or their goaltender, which is fine. But then the last move that Chiarelli made before he, he was fired, I think the next day, was he <laughs> was given the okay to sign that Koskinen to yeah. a multi year contract. Yeah. And then Koskinen basically went in the crapper. Oh, yeah. God. And it was after like, no, the it was after like three weeks of good play. Declan's it was literally. Right. Declan's right. They are the wolves. Yeah, they're the wolves. Like right there's now. bits and pieces to them where you where you say this is incredible, and I then you look at them and you just say, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I might say the wolves are in better shape. To be totally they might be honest. right now. They might be right now. Right. No. And but that's but, why Ken Holland confuses me. Right. And it's just how long was he in Detroit? How th- that that 90s. place does not change anything fast. Right. Exactly. Oh, so it's it's it's. But the NHL, do you think that the NHL is the most recycled league in terms yes. of like really absolutely more right so now. than football? Now it is, I think. Yes, interesting. There was a, there was a uh, time and place where it probably was not. It was up there. You know, baseball used to be really bad. Yep. Uh, football has been bad, but you know what? Now they have a, guys Sean like McVay Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah exactly you're right. right. Get chances. You're right. No, I think I think the National Hockey League now has the most old school people still in key roles. And I think a lot of those people hate where the game is going or has gone. Like they don't embrace it at all. Yeah. I, I don't even know that they consistently want to know why. I just think they despise it. Yeah. And it's just purely and because it's know, not the way things were done when I was playing. And you know yeah. this. Hockey people are the old school hockey people. Ugh, Super nice people. They're nice people, but they don't change. Fenton. No. Yeah. All Fenton. They don't Perfect change. Example. Yep. Yep, and and that's where you're seeing some of these teams where they have had leadership that hasn't changed in a while or is not forward-thinking, where you're seeing them get caught in these just Absolutely. cyclical natures of being bad, getting worse, getting a little bit better, maybe taking a step like what Edmonton did a couple of years ago. And I, did they run all the way to the Western Conference Finals? I think they did. And But then literally right back the next year, step back, and then almost two back this year. So that's the problem is that you need to have fresh blood in this league, and you need to take a different look at this because otherwise you're just going to end up with a bunch of haves and have-nots, which is what the league has been trying to avoid during its entire existence. Are the Carolina Hurricanes going to the Stanley Cup Finals? I I don't know how you can bet against them at this point. And if you are NBC, how much are you dreading a potential – let's take a guess here – Carolina San Jose matchup. Uh, I don't know. San Jose, San Jose might be a better draw than Colorado would be or Dallas would be. I would think. Don't you? Um, more Dallas, less Colorado. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that as I look at who's left now, you know what? If you get Boston, 
They're you're fine. happy. Yeah, they're fine. No, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm saying if you're a TV executive. Yep. I'm they sorry, get not you. Enough. I agree. But if I'm you get you, Columbus Liz. or you get Carolina, and let's say it's um, Carolina versus St. Louis, hey, as, as a hockey fan, it might be fun. I think you are. If you're a TV executive, you are dreading we, life. We talked about yes. that with Collar on on, his, on Score yes, North Live last did. Friday. So we that exact oh, that's idea. Right. I didn't get included in that. Yeah, no, you didn't. Uh, where are the up and comers we're, now? We're, we exclude people yep. here, obviously, since yeah. he's literally tapping on the door. As he I'm actually that all for listening. that. Uh, yeah, you, if you're a hockey fan, you'll you'll naturally love pretty much whatever is given to you to, for, to a degree. But if you're an executive or you're a but if you're a sports player, fan, you're not going to. Oh yeah, if you're a common sports fan, you are. You're, but you're but not really it. though, is it because they're such a good story? They're kind of the main storyline now. Carolina. Yeah, and so if they don't make it, it's almost kind of anticlimactic because that's literally. I want Boston. Every, by the way. Anybody that Sorry, anybody's team oh. that has been eliminated has basically jumped on their bandwagon, much like what everybody did for Vegas last year. It is a good story, and that's the story. I think if they don't make it, I think I mean then Boston probably makes it instead. But still, it's just if they don't make it, I don't know really know what to do with the league because then it's all about storylines. Stanley Cup Finals all about storylines to get people to care. Just Boston's like a great storyline. Marshawn, not really, not Bergeron, as good as that. Not as good as Shara, the underdog Rask. story. That's true. And everybody hates Boston I was just sports that's grief. not from Boston. I was just trying to get, give you grief. Me? Yes. No. Yeah, Carolina is Carolina's a great story. It's really it cool. Is. It's and, so cool. And they have the most cap space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's unbelievable. Well, is Brenda Moore, my God. Like, I didn't see this coming. He he better have won Jack Adams, I mean, at this point. I, he deserves no, it. No, it's Barry Trotz. Is it going to be? Barry oh, Trotz won Trotz it. Uh, I guarantee yeah. Barry Trotz won it. What yeah. Barry Trotz did with that team coming off, a t- I, I believe they went from most goals allowed last year to fewest goals this year, the and Islanders are they were good the entire story. year yes. as well, and, whereas Carolina was, and they, was, and was, and was not they like get, that. And maybe boy, they get smoked. And maybe it's yeah. out there, but I still want to know why he left the Capitals and, and goes to the Islanders. I still want to know that detail. It, it still boggles me. Egos, probably? I guess. Egos it, and it, money, it, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm it's guessing crazy. He wanted to get paid. And they I don't said, think it's that hard. No. I don't think the Capitals – I think you're right. I, I believe I read that at the time. I don't think the Capitals pay great. No, and and the problem with having superstars like Alexander Ovechkin or Crosby and whatever else, when you win a cup as a coach, it might you don't get as much credit as you may deserve, and you may get more credit than you do. It just depends. But for him, with Ovech, with all the talent they have on this team, they're like, well, yeah, we probably won the Stanley Cup, and you had a hand in it, but not a you know eight million dollar a year hand. Whereas other right. teams like Brenda Moore is doing. They have like their their salary cap is just it's all the way down to the bottom. It's crazy, and he's the one that's inspiring. All, and then Justin Williams. Justin Williams. That's Justin the thing. Williams is a great story. And that's the thing. You pay Brindamore because he is inspiring the masses. You don't need to pay Trots as much because you're like, well, we will bitch whatever. But look yeah. where they are now. I mean, they're both there now. Do you guys want Boston or Columbus to win that series? I want Columbus. I, you, I think I, it's going to be Boston. I want Columbus. I want Boston. I want Columbus. And Lindsay wants pass. The Blue Jackets <laughs> to win, but she doesn't like Torch. I know probably. I just talked about the TV executives, but I'm not looking as a TV executive. I'm I'm sick of Boston, so I want to see the story. I kind of like the new blood look. Columbus, I like Carolina, the new talent. I can't wait for that yeah. <laughs> oh my! All twelve God. people to be watching in both markets combined. <laughs> it's going like to be like a Mariucci Arena. Can I experience. just say? Can we can we maybe consider going to after Matt Duchesne? I said this like four You're months not the ago. Only one who said that. And well, okay, thanks for making me feel special inside. No, but I'm. No, I'm saying right. there's people Finally. on your side of the fence. Finally, he's performing, and that we I, need I don't to go after. Him. You don't. You I really? don't trust him, and I don't think he's. I think that he would be. I think he would get in that room with that group of guys and become the most comfortable. Uh, we didn't win tonight, so we'll try harder next time. Bye, type of guy. Lamar, L- Lou Lamarillo. Uh, the he's GM playing. F- 
keep in mind, he's playing for Torts right now. Torts works for guys for a, a span of time. This is fair. This is true. I don't think Duchesne in that locker room with those guys who mm. you can't clear out. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to get – you need – you need a guy who's wired like Justin Williams. You need guys who are going to go after guys. You, in terms if of keeping, the keeping them accountable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I mean big time. I don't mean like that guy. That guy's a good guy. I mean a guy who's going to melt down. Who else is there besides Justin Williams? Is there, is there one that is there a comparison out there? In terms oh, of that impact, I mean, there's nobody else in Mr. Game Seven. But in terms of like leadership style, the way that he's being being portrayed right well, now, painted. Who's is, available? I have no idea. Pavelski. Pavelski, yeah. yeah he's in Pavelski. That that's yeah, about that's about it for free. Bleeding ages. from the head. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a there's a ton of free. But the thing is, Lou Lamarillo, as I was just about to go to, he just came out and said basically they're going to do everything they possibly can to retain him. So to sign. To, to sign Anders Lee. Oh, yeah. To re-sign him. And he's so, the type of kid, yeah. Right. And he I, he strikes me as a guy who's a loyalty guy, too, that might want to stick around with that organization. Some people like him and some pe- people don't, too. I like him. I, how do you not like Anders Lee? I've met some I, people who are very, very lukewarm towards him. Do he dine him? Too much he dine in him? What? I don't know. Uh, haves and have nots. He right. goes to bunnies. Yeah. You uh, drinks at bunnies. He drinks at bunnies. I'll see him this summer. I could say hi, yeah. and we could talk about a contract. Yeah. And yes. I, I think, I think, I, I probably would think that he would resign there with the Islanders. I think Brock Nelson's the one to go after if you want to go after him, but it's just depending on the price. I, I did see Lee is. after they got swept by the Canes, and he was basically in tears talking yeah. about how close that they he felt that mm-hmm. they had come and stuff. So mm-hmm. th- that might be incentive for him to return there. Uh, St. Louis, Dallas. Going to a what game a series, seven, man. We're recording this on Monday, and I believe game seven is Tuesday. Yep. Is that correct? And and if Bishop can go, he's going. He it's a stinger. Yeah, he just acted. He like took that. it. He took it off. No, Declan, you have not felt this. You I, have not. No, no, I'm not. Felt I'm not this. denying the. In, I'm not denying what happened to him. I'm. I'm just sick of him always getting injured. He's and hurt I'm a sick lot. of the freaking stars. That's not stars. an injury. That's that's he gets pulled there because of the game's momentum, not because he's playing. Play. He's playing. He's playing. He takes that puck off the shoulder. There is nothing worse in the world, except for maybe a collarbone shot in terms of getting hit with. And he went down and stayed down. Then they went and scored, and it it all kind of unraveled from there. But what I was most annoyed by was the fact that the Dallas fans were booing the refs because of all of the, because they didn't blow it off because that, Bishop's down. Yeah, that was the right call. It is. Refs, that's the rule. Yeah, that's yeah, the, the rule. Out that's the rule. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To, the to continue play. Correct. But that series has been these last couple games. I've, I've, I've watched it uh, pretty close and it's, it's so it's of the slimmest of margins. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But I think, I think uh, I like St. Louis. I do too. Because it's just home ice. But uh, it depends. Sagan, Sagan might turn it on. He got he got pickpocketed a couple times the other night, so he might be a little frustrated and might get after it a little. I think Dallas. You want Dallas? <laughs> I think Dallas, Dallas surprises them. Really? I I've home ice can help you, but at times it can hurt you, and I would not be surprised. I think if you're the stars, you're probably playing a looser game. That's not fair. as uptight. It's it is harder to play game seven in your own building. And, and I want. I like the Blues, 
But I want the, the Stars to win because there's nothing more fun than watching a game where the home crowd gets completely shut up. I love it. Yeah. L- like a big you, game. You like seeing the, the, building the air compl- sucked out of the integral room. It. I think it's one of the funnest things in all of sports to see the air sucked out. I always out. like watching the losing team's reaction. I'm always obsessed with I that. just love to see a it building go quiet. It says a lot about you, too. Yes, I personally I like it when people quiet. are going nuts, but clearly you're, oh, I like to see the defeat across is, the entire fan man, base's face. Failure is fun to watch. The, the Just the reaction of the Soviets in 1980, that was more interesting to me than watching them watching USA it was interesting. You're not they, wrong. Were, they didn't they hadn't lost a game in 20 years they didn't know, they didn't know they're, how they're to do, two react. types of people yeah. clearly yes uh last one colorado san jose which is playing on monday night game six correct tonight mm-hmm. sharks are up three two go lange man yeah i want i want colorado i i i do uh i I'm watched i watched that game on friday uh, thursday when when colorado won and i i thought they did enough to show that they could take that series but now now marty they have to call jones out is playing awfully well it, right now it's tough where did that come from yeah marty I, jones is so he's marty jones that's that's the most marty jones thing of all time to be that bad initially and then to just shut everything down i from a hockey fan perspective i want the abs to win because yep. they are yes. to me now now the sharks have a great story Kind of. So like the jumbo, well the jumbo gel stuff is good, and sure. Pavelski trying to come back and all all that. That's a good story, but I just think that the Avs give hockey fans so much to watch. Yes, and yeah, they're, they're new. And the best player in the playoffs. Yes. yes, and and we've seen the Sharks in the playoffs. We've seen the Sharks and make a run in the Stanley Cup, and they didn't come away with it. And I've just decided, like I said earlier. I want teams that I, we haven't seen ever or very, or very, very, very few times. Like, I want the most random thing ever because I just want to see how it looks. Oh, just, let's just have it be a weird year. Let's just be, make Columbus it Columbus and the Avs, the Blue Jackets and the Avs. I would take nice. it. I would take it. I think that would be a hell of a goalie matchup. I really do. It would be a good Grubauer yeah. is still playing pretty well. But Pavosky not. would win the, the cup, parade it around, and then immediately go sign with the Panthers. Oh my god! There's a call. Can you imagine like he has it's his day with a cup and he's moving that day. Well, he's he traveling. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so, not a yeah. question. And Duchesne. His totally day with honest. the cup, he takes it to, to Florida. Hey yeah. guys, puts it puts this. it in the, the we'll airplane airplane seat next to it, straps it in. And he's like, we're moving to Florida. That'd be brilliant. Uh, last thing, LB, explain mm-hmm. to me because I I think that th- this is important and we didn't get to talk about it because the news hadn't broken last week. The National Women's Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Okay, I admire what a lot of key players are doing. But is the league in complete peril now for 2019-20? What's in in your mind, knowing what you know about this and the people involved? How do you foresee this playing out? Because because with the uh, Whitecaps, it would be too bad if they don't play. Mm-hmm. But I understand that there's a much greater concern here for the future of this game. Yeah, and I have to be careful of my words here. So I, yeah, no, um, that's fine. I think I get why there's a little bit of unrest. The CWHL folded. We talked about that on the podcast a few a few weeks ago, and I think that's where a lot of this push for the not just one league but a league run by the NHL is coming from. And as you know, the, the players striked last year. Uh, the national team players did uh, right before the Olympics and stuff. So there's a lot of this going on. And the thing that kind of irks me about it is. Not necessarily that they're asking for more, because I think people should be, I I 100% agree, but it's the problem where I don't get why we can't go with the league that we have and so we can get into bed with Gare Bear and the NHL. I I don't understand why the business model is all of a sudden not good enough on the NWHL side and we need to go to the NHL side. I understand why there's unrest and why players could be concerned about, you know, money flow, all this other stuff. But if anything, now that the CWHL has folded, 
Wouldn't you say that the NWHL would just by default be a little more stable because there's just one league at that point? And, and weren't they planning to bring on two Canadian franchises? They, they were planning on expanding it, expanding into the into the Montreal and t- Toronto markets. Okay. And it's just hard because I feel like sometimes our brains move really quick and we can change ourselves in the way we think really quickly. But sometimes the world isn't up to the same amount of speed. And and is that right? No. But we need to be realistic about it as well. It's going to be tough to have a league and to, or to have a league that's sustainable when every nine months we're saying it's not good enough and we're going to strike. Like if I'm if I'm a company trying to advertise, I'm thinking about that too. So I guess it's just it's a bad situation because the, the folding of the CWHL, the NWHL doesn't have a great track record. But this past year they did all right. We had a great success here, obviously in Minnesota. But I mean. The league is in trouble. It is. Because so, if all the players are striking, that's your product. As of right now, would they not play? Like, like, would there be no league? I, Do we know I, that? I, I, don't, I don't know that. And, and that's the thing is that uh, they, they're trying to bring everybody together, which I totally get, stand in solidarity. Whether people stay in line and on that, on, stay on that picket line and don't cross over, I don't know. That's the problem of getting all these all these women together who were two leagues before. It was just one, you know, before all, it was the Olympic team. It was only the national program, right? Now, now you're dealing with so many different people and very and a ton of different situations. Like most of these women, ninety nine percent of these women in this league are not just playing this league as their main source of income. It's now that they get some money, but they they can't live off of that. They have other jobs. Not everybody's on the Olympic team. Not a, so it's I just I don't know. It's a it's a really tough situation where everybody has things that they're correct about and demands that they're correct about and some things that are being a little unrealistic. I hope it can be resolved. How that happens, I'm not sure. I'm not super keen or pumped about just immediately assuming that the NHL is the business model or, or getting starting things with them is going to fix everything. That's the other thing is like, there's a lot of that argument is saying that it's not a good business model. Well, is the NHL that good of a business model either considering they keep expanding and and half And you trust them? The NHL? Well, right. I I mean, if the, if the thought process is Gary, step in and take this, do you trust him to do it? Because yeah. And it's not, and, but, and it's not a bad thing that I don't, I'm not saying because it's Gary's a bad person, whatever he, they have their business. That is their business. And if they want to be a part, if they, if it's a partnership where I know that they've been, they've been supporting, they, they send funds, they sent funds to both leagues uh, to support it. But we got to be careful who you're doing business dealings with, because if we start, maybe the NHL says, well, our business model is to make sure that you start small and then you grow. Well, then does that mean we cut half the teams that we already have? What happens to those players? What happens to those girls that just said, hey, we'll stand in solidarity, but now we don't have a place to play? There's a lot of things to consider and a lot of different opinions to consider, but we have to remember that not everyone is on the Olympic team. Not everyone is getting paid the same in the team, and not everybody's in the same situation. The leagues are two different things. And, I mean, that's that's why I'm not paid to do this. I'm not the one to make the decision. Uh, but it's just a very weird situation, and, and it's a hot it's a hot topic issue, obviously. But I just I don't know. It's weird. The NHL scares me. It really does. If if they if they swallow this, it really it scares me a little bit. I think the problem too is that that the National Hockey League, without a doubt, we all know this is not the NBA. No, the NBA is really well run and really progressive. Correct. I love hockey. I'm not sure that the NHL though is at a point of doing what's being asked. And I'm not defending them. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Silver and the NBA seems to me to be really well run. Mm-hmm. Like super well run, Correct. and they've, fall, they've fallen into some good luck, yeah. but they've capitalized on opportunities right. as a business that have, right. that have worked themselves. Yes, and is and is the National Hockey League going to be able to step up to the plate and do what's being asked here? You would like to say, oh, absolutely, they right. can. I have no clue. And and that's the thing, the NBA with the reach and and the popularity. Hockey's a niche sport. Absolutely, yes. Women's hockey is a niche sport of a niche sport of a niche sport. Sure, that's fair. And. It's all hockey. It's all the same game. But the women's game and the men's game are two completely different games that you're watching. And it doesn't make them any less people, any less players, or the game's illegitimate. But they cannot be run the same because they are inherently not the same. Yep. You ha- so the, whatever is working for the NHL or the NBA or the NFL or whoever else, it doesn't matter. You're dealing with a different sport kind of entirely. It's right. like comparing the NHL to the NBA because they're two different fan bases, reaches, everything. It's completely different. So do you want to conform to a business that isn't necessarily built for you? That's the question. My last question is this too. So how, how do you, or how do you think the players who are essentially striking, how do you think they weigh what they're doing to try to try it for a good thing, which mm-hmm. is to get more, mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that you have to, I believe, weigh that against is growth of the game. Right. Because if the product's not played, right. the product doesn't grow. So, like, how how big of a conundrum does that become trying to do the right thing for themselves and players coming up, uh-huh. but to give those players who are coming up something to say, oh, yeah, I'm watching that, and it's great, and so I want to be that. Right. And this is not uncommon women are often put in places in which they're trying to lift themselves up and but also expected to lift each others up as well and that's and that's really what it is is that the last few years have been weird around america and there's a lot of different things that are contributing to that that's putting it nicely and it's it's tough and that's it's that's a that's a decision that each individual has to make for themselves to be totally honest because the game is going to grow it's just whether or not the rate that it is but the thing is, is that they just want a gold medal. Time is of the essence. There are spurts and, 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 and there are times of regression in terms of interest in the sport. Right now, it's at an all-time high. Right. Capitalize on that. So it's life's about timing. Right. <laughs> um, but I guess it just depends on where each individual is. You'd have to ask them. Personally, I, I, I don't know what I would do because I'm not in the league. But it's, it doesn't need to be an either-or e- either. There could be a compromise. They could be asking for a lot, but maybe there's something that they can go down on a little bit, and then maybe the league could also be compromising on as well, that we all deal in ultimatums now for some reason, and I think that's the main problem is that we have conversations, and if they don't 100% go our way, we're like, nope, never mind. Right. That's good. We just have to – everybody just needs to sit down – Exact, lay out exactly what their goals are for their individual career and what they want to see, what, what the game is like when they're leaving it. That's the thing. And I don't know. It's a weird situation. It's, 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 it's crappy. It's crappy, and I wish it wasn't. But, I mean, go hockey, girls, hockey. Oh, yeah, hockey. no, and it's great. We're all hockey players. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to make the same amount of money as, as male hockey players. It's just not. It's a business model. It's a same thing, different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a weird situation. All right. That's it. Say bye. Bye. Bye.